It's time for episode 452 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that, like May, will be over before you know it. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my good buddy, my dungeon buddy. In fact, it's Dan the Man Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Happy 45th birthday to the original Star Wars released on this day in 1977. So just throwing that out there for no particular reason. Thank you. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we are joined today by two awesome guests to my left. It is the co-host of I Want My MCU TV on The Incomparable, as well as The After Show with Mike and Kelly. It's Kelly Delightful Laugh Gamont. Welcome back to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad to be back. And to my left this week, it is a writer and a photographer. And if you're not following him on Instagram, you're real missing out because he's got some beautiful shots in there. It's Jeff Carlson. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you. I so wanted to make a lightsaber noise with my mouth, but I refrained. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Uh, My question for you, how do you find new apps to check out? And if it's been a while since you last downloaded a new app, tell us about the app you last downloaded. Kelly, we'll start with you. The most recent one is a slightly different version of an app I already had installed, and that is uh, the DJI app. Uh, for drones, for flying uh, little tiny drones around. So see, we did bring it back around to drones. Um, Because uh, a friend of mine loaned me one uh, that it turns out uh, fits in my purse, which I didn't realize was a thing that was possible with a drone. Um, Like my regular purse, not like I'm taking a bigger bag with me because I'm taking a bunch of things with me. It would fit in my actual regular everyday purse. And I'm very surprised by that. And now I want one even more than I did before. Most of the time I find them by uh, talking to other people about um, like um, a specific thing. This is a problem I'm trying to solve. Or um, you had mentioned, Micah, that you have something that helps keep track of yarn patterns. Like what was the name of that app again? Um, You know, like looking for something specific. Uh Uh, Very rarely do I sort of scroll through that front page of the app store and kind of see what's there. Uh, So mostly it's just uh, referrals from other people or um, occasionally like social media or podcasts or things. Like if somebody recommends something, then maybe I'll go check it out. I don't know. I download less now than I used to. And I think part of it is just there's... I've sort of checked off the low-hanging fruit of like all the tasks I do on a regular basis. And so there's fewer cases where it's like, a thing that somebody has discovered to they can do with a phone where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I need to download this thing and try out this super <laughs> cool functionality that I've never seen before. Um, these days, it feels like a lot of stuff fall in sort of the same pools. And sometimes I download stuff because I'm like intrigued in like a category. So there was a one going around note taking app, but going around a while back called RuneStone a few weeks ago. Mm. So I downloaded that because it's like, oh, I'll try another note taking app. It didn't really stick for me, but that's fine. But I, I like to sort of keep on top of what's happening in certain categories where it's like, oh, I use these kinds of apps a lot. 
and I don't, you know, I get comfortable and stuck in my ways as we all do. And I should try other alternatives to see if like, oh, it turns out this actually is really better. But yeah, it's really the word of mouth that I think convinces me I need to try something out. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, same thing. Uh, word of mouth and also mentions on you know blogs and podcasts. Uh, like you, I think the last thing that I downloaded was Not Words. The thing is, though, I think I've played Not Words once because uh, it it just you know goes into that new, uh, relatively new, recently added. Uh, I don't know, well dump uh, category on my phone and I forgot that it was there. I don't have it set to show up on my home screen. And so I downloaded it. Oh, I'm going to check this out later. And then at some point later, I tapped the recently added thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. I, I remember doing this. So um, I, I'm the same. I haven't really downloaded a whole bunch of stuff. And I know Apple would love it if people were just going to the App Store every day and looking at what's new and featured. And uh, that's not me. I'm sure there's that applies to a lot of people, but not me. Yeah, I have a feeling that is the case. Uh, that we don't, that there aren't a whole lot of people who do that. I, however, um, host a show called iOS Today, where we are constantly <laughs> talking about new apps. And so there are two places where I go. One is the uh, front page of the App Store, because it is a good way to kind of discover some of the apps that exist out there. The other place that I like to go is a little website called Product Hunt. Um, Product mm. Hunt Ooh. is filled with lots of um, weird NFT and, and crypto stuff, but it also on occasion has some very, very cool apps. And as part of iOS today, at the end of every show, uh, we put a silly cap atop our heads and then we honor an app of the week, an app pick of the week. So I'm constantly looking for new apps to check out, and uh, they often do come from Product Hunt. So uh, I, I know I'm a little bit of an outlier in always looking for new apps, but I was just curious kind of how everybody else's experience was. Thank you all for your answers on that topic. Let us move to our next topic, which comes from Kelly. So during the 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 time in which you are working, uh, whether it's whether you have a day job or you work at night or whatever, uh, how do you force yourself to take a break when you are working? Uh, what is it that you do not just to make sure that you take that break, but what do you do during that break time? Do you walk around the block or, you know, some other sort of um, uh, away from desk or 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 whatever, wherever it is, you might be activity? Um forcing myself to take a break. Actually, in some ways, that's not hard. I, I take a lot of little breaks throughout the day, you know, uh, especially because now that my office is upstairs, if I need to like go downstairs for a snack or some water or something like that, you know, it forces me to get up and move around. I'm also a person who I feel like there are some tasks on which I can concentrate for a long period of time and kind of lose myself. And then there are some where it's just like, it's constant break time. <laughs> if I'm doing if I'm doing writing, uh, my my attention wanders. It's very hard sometimes for me to keep my concentration on that. So I'll be like write a paragraph and then like, oh, well, what's going on outside the window? Oh, there's like a bird out there. <laughs> uh, all right, back. I should get back to writing again. Um, as for more structured time, I force myself to take a lunch break pretty much every day. Actually, today is a rare exception because I'm very busy. Um, but uh, you know, I do that, and then I I do actually try to take a walk almost every day usually around a half an hour um, in the afternoon or later on if it gets too hot as in the summer. 
but it is really important for me and I definitely get to the end of the day if I haven't gone outside or taken a walk I often really feel it I feel antsy I feel kind of stressed out so I like I like putting in my airpods and then taking a stroll around town and just you know being able to clear my head and focus myself on something that is not work so that's probably my best most effective strategy for that is just being able to get out of the house so I'm not in front of a screen a screen not checking my phone every two minutes or whatever um, and it works pretty well Jeff what about you I don't really have anything that forces myself to take a break. Maybe I should, but the breaks seem to happen anyway. So usually, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, uh, I will sometimes just go take like a 15-minute nap. For some reason, I can actually do that or you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, and sometimes that really helps. Um, of course, this all depends on, you know, what deadlines I have, et cetera. <laughs> uh, the thing that I should do more is actually getting up and going out for a walk. And it's it's this weird thing. How many years have I been freelancing? Many, many years. And yet there are some times when I'll be writing, I'll be working on something and just be completely stuck. And my brain forgets that if I go take a walk around the block, literally, you know, 20, 25 minutes, almost every time it frees up my brain or, you know, gives it that chance to sort of process on whatever I was stuck on. And then I come back and I, you know, make an afternoon coffee and then I'm able to keep going again. But I have to remind myself that, oh, this thing that you do actually works. So why don't you go do it? And my brain's like, <laughs> no, come on. You can just sit here and force yourself through it and get really frustrated instead. <laughs> so I would say naps or or taking a walk. Uh, but I think for the most part, I think I I take natural breaks throughout the day and it seems to work. Nice. Uh, what works for me is an app called Do. Uh, Do is a reminders oh, I love app. Do. Yeah, it it is uh, my secret weapon. Um, without it, <laughs> I would probably not get anything done, uh, or including taking breaks. Um, I don't like eating. I, I wish that eating could just be this thing that we did uh, just for the simple, uh, you know, joy of experiencing new foods and not this thing that we had to do to stay alive. And I kind of uh, find myself sort of scornfully consuming food because I wish that I didn't have to eat it. I don't like having to rely on it as my means of energy. And so <laughs> because of that, I tend to push myself a little bit further than I should when it comes to actually uh, fueling up for the day. So I use do in part to keep me um, fueled with food. And that's how it, it, it makes me take a break. Uh, Kelly, why don't you round us out with how you force yourself to take a break? Uh, well, one of the things I do is um, I also take walks and I try to make sure that that happens every day, usually in the afternoon. Uh, and I try uh, because I live uh, not far from a park and uh, there's been a bunch of updates to Pokemon Go. And so there used to really not be anything over in the park. And now I have four stops and a gym like just over there. So it actually makes it sort of worth my while to go make the lap through the park. So I will do that. Um, yes, I'm gamifying my break. Uh, I also <laughs> use uh, I, I use an app. I love do for don't forget to do the thing that you need to do because that that every 60 second toddler mode, I like to call it um, nice. really is effective. I use an app called Focus Keeper. 
on my phone, which is just a timer uh, that ticks. It's not just, you know, I could set a timer on my on my watch if I needed to. But um, this one is like a wind up and then it ticks down and you can label the task that you're doing. And it's uh, Pomodoro by default. So uh, when I get to the end and it builds in the five minute break at the when I'm finished with that stretch of time, uh, I will use that to get up and walk around. And sometimes what I will do is take a break from work because I'm remote. And so I will sometimes do a small chore uh, during that break time, like I'll empty the dishwasher or uh, wash a few dishes or something like that, um, just to to mix it up a little bit. And then it sort of feels like I'm still being productive. And that's sometimes helpful. All right. With that, we have reached halftime, which means it's time for a halftime dance break. (laughs) And now (laughs) we are back from the break. It is time for Dan's topic. Dan, tell us what you got. All right. So I want to know, you're all Mac users. I want to know, is your Mac's menu bar full of apps? Is it tidy? Is it carefully curated? Do you pick, you know, which apps or get to live in that vaunted menu bar space or is it just kind of a overgrown pile of weeds (laughs) how do you manage it if at all jeff uh yes it is full of apps it's (laughs) semi-curated uh but i use the fantastic app called bartender four and that allows me to hide a bunch of apps that I don't necessarily need all the time. This is especially great because I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro with a notch. And the notch tends to you know, th- throw a big wide space into the, the menu bar. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult. So instead, what you do is after you specify which apps will be hidden, you can click an icon up there and then it displays all those in a little row below the menu bar, and then you can click to select what you want. Uh, A recent update added a really nice feature because sometimes when I'm working uh, in my office upstairs, I will have the laptop connected to a larger monitor. And when the focus is on that monitor, there's plenty of room in the menu bar, and so it will automatically just show everything there. I would love to be able to have like different sets. So, for example, if I am recording my screen for some reason, I would love to have, you know, like only these four things show up rather than having to do a little bit of manual moving things around. So, but I I have found I I resisted it for a long time because I was like, oh, all the icons are there. I just have to spend a few seconds looking at it and finally just bought it and it's now invaluable for me i'm also a bartender user uh i now want that sets uh feature that you just mentioned that's such a good idea <laughs> me too. uh yeah that's amazing and i have fewer menu bar icons on my mac studio than i do on the macbook the intel macbook pro uh that i was using before but still quite a few and uh i always love whenever i have to do a restart or what have you uh and that little notification pops up saying oh bartender is um is tidying up your menu bar and you just start to see all of those icons disappear behind the little icon that you have it's so nice so yes lots and lots of menu bar apps but they're all nice and tidy thanks to bartender kelly what about you uh yes to all of that um i adore bartender 
I actually spoke to uh, Ben, the guy that writes Bartender, uh, when I used to host the Daily Observations podcast because I wanted to talk to him about um, basically whether or not Apple sent him a fruit basket for, you know, you're welcome for the notch <laughs> because like everyone was going to need it. And um, <laughs> the thing that I like about it is that um, you can also set an option for if that particular icon needs something from you or it's trying to alert you of something, it will automatically appear in the menu bar. So if Dropbox is having some sort of problem and you have it hidden the rest of the time, it will show up in the menu bar and be like, hey, something's up. And then it will sort of be a little bit more attention getting. So you're not actually missing out on anything if you hide more than you think that you should. And um, I really love having the option of just having it be super flexible about what does live up there and what doesn't uh, just to be able to manage a little more effectively. So yes, uh, there are approximately a squillion things that want to live <laughs> in my menu bar. Only if you make the cut, thanks to the glorious bartender. Dan, how about you? Unsurprisingly, I am also a bartender user. Uh, <laughs> I know, just no. shocking. I really like it. I like how clever it is about being not only being able to hide stuff, but also being able to, you know, tell you to dynamically present stuff when it's relevant. I still have a, a fair amount of stuff up there. Um, uh, my biggest frustration with the Mac menu bar is you can no there's no longer an option to hide the clock, uh, which annoys me uh, because I have a separate third party clock app that I use that is better than Apple's built in clock. What I've done instead is turn the uh, system clock into an analog clock, so it's tiny and sits all the way on the corner. Um, but I, I really enjoy Bartender. I really like having a much clearer menu bar. This is okay on my you know twenty seven inch iMac, uh, but like Jeff, I have a you know uh, I have a MacBook Air that's thirteen inches, and that very quickly gets to a situation where it's like you know uh, if you have a an app with a lot of menus it starts to push all the icons off and it's like oh but i need some of those so mm -hmm. um yeah I, i'm trying to stop the menu bar proliferation and bartender is a great way of doing that although it has made me a bit cavalier i just clicked on the little like you know hovered over to get like my full list and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> I put way too many things up there. Uh, I've become too too comfortable with the status quo. But uh, I'm glad to hear everybody's got strategies for dealing with all this. Thank you all for your thoughts on that topic. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Jeff. Well, so we talk a lot about uh, our offices and our computers and the, all the technology involved. But it strikes me that one of the most technology-dense areas in our homes is the kitchen. And so I'm curious, like, what's the most impressive or maybe just the most useful piece of technology in your kitchen? What a fantastic question, um, because the way that you've asked it lets me cheat a little bit. Uh, you asked, what's the, <laughs> what's the most impressive piece of technology in my kitchen? It just so happens that uh, there was one of those little, it's where people used to put uh, sort of like kitchen computers and the home phone, the little nook area. And yeah. uh, oh. that area I don't make use of uh, because I don't have like a special kitchen computer or a home phone. And so underneath where the chair would normally slide in, 
there is a uh, robot vacuum that is wonderful, and it has um, the LiDAR scanning technology so that it can map out the space and properly clean Ooh. up the space. Uh, my partner has lovingly named it Mr. Sweepy, and <laughs> we use the different devices in our home to uh, have Mr. Sweepy clean up, and the dogs hate Mr. Sweepy, of course, um, but Mr. Sweepy does a good job. And then above that is a device that Amazon made a while back that I actually very much love. This is still an AliExa controlled smart oven, but instead of just being a microwave, which it does very well, it is also an air fryer and a convection oven. And that is a big thing for me because I, while I don't like to eat food all that much. I do like to make it and have other people eat it. I guess I'm like that witch in Hansel and Gretel. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to feed lots of delicious treats to other people, uh, but I don't really consume them myself. And it is very good at making pies and cookies and things like that. Um, and you can tell AliExa to preheat the oven to a certain point. Um, it has a bunch of, of measurements built into it. So you can say, I need to defrost this chicken breast at, you know, uh, the, the two pounds of chicken breast and it can properly do that. And then one of my favorite features is it has a um, temperature sensor inside that can measure the heat of steam coming off of food. And so you can just say, hey, reheat this plate of food. It measures the temperature of the steam. And when it reaches the, the certain temperature that means that it's, you know, food safe temperature, then it will stop the microwave after that and your food is ready to be consumed and you're not worried about, you know, little buggies and boo-boos inside. So I... <laughs> Those two devices together are what make my kitchen pretty cool. Kelly, what about you? Both of my answers are sort of the same because I don't, uh, we have yet to get one of those nifty little countertop convection ovens, uh, you know, that that does the toast and the air fry and everything. So we don't have one of those yet. So I have a, a smart outlet that is not from Wemo um, that I can use that uh, turns the hot water boiler on in the morning. I have a little Zojirushi tank that sits on the counter and uh, it turns the hot water on automatically so that when I get up um, at a truly offensive hour of the morning and come downstairs and want to have coffee or tea, I have hot water ready and waiting for me. And I have that set up to turn itself on automatically and turn itself off after a certain amount of time. So um, that's probably the most useful. It's definitely not the most impressive, but probably the most useful. I also have a um, one of those smart uh, pen thermometers. Uh, it's got the little metal probe on the end and you just pop it in and in mm. like a second, it takes the reading for you. I have one of those and and uh, that is also super duper useful. So I would go with uh, one or the other of those. Jeff, I feel like you asked this topic just for me. Uh, the answer <laughs> is uh, what it, many in these parts who listen to Relay FM podcast will know colloquially as the T-Robot, mm -hmm. aka the Breville T-Maker. Um, this is my, I think every day as I use this, how much it has improved my life. Um, so it is essentially an electric kettle, but in addition to boiling water, which, you know, any run of the mill kettle can do, uh, this contains a little basket into which you put your tea leaves and then it will, you set a timer and when you press a single button, it will boil the water, lower the basket into the boiled water, <gasps> wait the predefined amount of time and then lift it out again. And then it will keep Whoa. your tea warm for an hour afterwards. And 
like a coffee maker, you can program it to go at a certain time in the morning. So every night uh, before I go to bed, I put in my tea, I fill it with water, I hit the auto start button. And then when I go downstairs at around 745 uh, in the morning, there is my tea all brewed. I just pour myself a cup, take a sip. It is. There's nothing better than having it already made for you <laughs> and not having to <laughs> a wait the 10 minutes to boil water and have something steep. Uh, or, you know, have to try and like blearily fill something with tea leaves and then fill the right amount of water, et cetera. No, no, don't do that in the morning. Do it the night before. Oh, no. It's, it's not a cheap piece of hardware. No. Um, but it is. <laughs> and I was given mine as a gift, very kind, by our uh, emeritus co-host, Jason Snell. But it is amazing. It's a life changer if you're a, if you're a big tea drinker, which I am. So there you go. My Zojirushi's days might be numbered. <laughs> it's okay, Zojirushi water boiler. You're still pretty. <laughs> yeah. If there's something that every single day you look and you say, wow, this has made my life better, then suddenly the amount that you paid for it or somebody else paid for it uh, makes a lot more sense. And th there are not a lot of things that, that you do that. Um, in our kitchen, actually, our kitchen is remarkably low-tech. Um, I mean, one of the things that's made a big difference was just a simple uh, boiler, water boiler, where it can specify the temperature. I know this is like not cutting edge technology, but for, you know, decades, we just had a, a kettle on the stove that would heat up. And then I got this so that I could make coffee at a specific temperature. And my wife, you know, was like, well, yeah, but I don't need that because I have this other thing that heats the water on the stove. And at some point, I think that one started to leak and she realized just how quickly the electric kettle um, <laughs> was heating up and suddenly like, why haven't we done this for, for the last several years, right? Um, but part of the reason why I asked this question is because I'm looking into getting an induction range, which uh -huh. uses magnets mm -hmm. to heat what's I've got in one, your – Jeff. Ah, Okay. And it's, it's good. It's cool. Bad. It's real. I mean, if you like boiling water, it's great. But it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's clearly good. that's all I've talked yeah. about. So yes, yeah, that's there all I go. like to do. It's, it's great. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and, and having something that that you know has specific uh, temperature settings, and because our range right now, which has like a little memory board in the back that keeps, I don't know, flashing this alert signal in the middle of the night. Um, it's it's very, very old and has nothing electronic. And I'm just looking into the future. And when I say the future, I mean technology that's probably 10 years old. And yet <laughs> for us, uh, it seems very futuristic. I have a very high functioning water boiler that may be in need of a new home. So Jeff, we can talk after the show. <laughs> I think that error, by the way, Jeff, is the buy a new stove error. Yeah. Yeah, it, yep, it, yep. it really is. Out. Yeah, it's it's telling me something. <laughs> all righty, folks, with that, we have reached almost the end. We've got a bonus topic ahead, but I do want to tell you about the Relay FM Clockwise membership. If you head to relay.fm slash membership, you can join uh, to become a member of Clockwise. You'll be supporting the show directly, which is obviously amazing. It'll give you all those warm and fuzzy feelings, but you also get access to a special uh, extra episode that we record every year that I'll mention in a second. And each week we record an overtime topic that's only available to our members. Now, uh, the special episode that Dan and I recorded was attempting 
to answer 30 questions or cover 30 topics in four minutes to flip clockwise on its head. And it turned out pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> that is coming out. When's that coming out, Dan? I believe that's coming out this Friday, May 27th. That's awesome. So just around the corner, if you want to hear that wild episode where I have um, interesting things to say about Abraham Lincoln, uh, head to relay.fm slash membership to check that out. All right. We are back from that second break, which means it's time for the bonus topic. I'm just curious. Did you ever go to summer camp as a kid? Kelly? Nope. <laughs> it just wasn't an option like i mean i grew up in like unbelievable wilderness i didn't even have traffic lights so summer camp was you know the kind of luxury you got if you lived in civilization which i did not hmm. uh, i went to many summer camps all day camps i didn't really do the go away to camp thing but uh and at one point there were some years where i went to two camps because they one of them only ran part of the summer so i had to like bracket it by going to another camp as well which was odd in retrospect <laughs> Uh, I went to uh, a couple of summer camps, which were like week-long summer camps. So actual, you're being torn away from your family and you have to deal with other people and, and be in a, in a cabin and the whole bit. Uh, this was in sort of north central Idaho. And uh, it was awesome. I got to actually be like a different person because nobody knew me there. It was fantastic. <laughs> nice. Uh, no summer camp for me, although um, I, I guess it kind of counted at the very start of the summer. Each year, the school would have uh, for elementary school, uh, summer school, they called it. But it wasn't like I have to go to summer school because I failed my math class. It was little programs that the teachers put on. And so there was like a science uh, summer school event and there was a learning to, to cook and bake summer school event. And I can remember going to that a few years. But outside of that, no, no actual camp. I see these shows where they go to summer camp and I'm like, wow, never did that as a kid. So I was really curious. Uh, folks, with that, uh, I should let you know that you can get ad free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week by, as I mentioned, becoming a member of Clockwise. Relay.fm slash Clockwise. Sign up for just five bucks a month or $50 a year and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss WWDC wish lists. With that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our incredible guests. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And Jeff Carlson, thank you so much for being here. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. And may the force be with you. Goodbye. Goodbye.